0: Welcome to Men Talk, the podcast that takes a deep dive into the world of miscarriage, infertility, infant loss, and stillbirth. Hosted by Daniel Landau, founder of MensHelpline.org, we'll be sitting down every week with real guys to discuss their stories, struggles, and triumphs. So grab a drink, sit tight, and let's talk.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Men Talk podcast, where we speak about miscarriage, infant loss, stillbirth, and infertility. Today's guest, is Stephen Janisak from New Jersey. Stephen, the floor is yours. Feel free to introduce yourself, share your story, your journey, and, uh, we'll go from there. The floor is yours. Hi.
0: Hi, Daniel. Thank you for having me. Um, again, my name is Steve Janisak. I live in uh, Bergen County in New Jersey. And, uh, you know, bringing me coming on here, it's, uh, one of the, One of the support groups I'm in is led by a really nice lady named Riva. And, uh, she always talks about it as being in, it's, it's like a club that no one ever wants to be a part of. That's something that she has said that really kind of struck a chord with me. And, you know, my story is, uh, like many others, my wife and I, we, we got pregnant and it was, you know, the most joyous time ever you know, I'll never forget when she came downstairs and showed me the pregnancy test and that it was positive. It was, it was early in the morning. One day I was getting ready for work and I was wondering why she was up and I turned around and she showed me the pre- positive pregnancy test. And, uh, you know, she cried a little and it was just a very happy time and everything was good for, uh, for, for months. You know, we had our gender reveal. We, uh, you know, went through, all the different things you go through when preparing for for the baby. And it's amazing how quickly it can go from such a high to such a low. Uh, Basically, we got pregnant in, I believe it was, I think it was June of last year was when we officially were pregnant. And then in that December, we both ended up, coming down with COVID and I had it first and I was, I was okay. And then my wife got it and she ended up in bed for a few days. She spiked the fever. Um, I'll never forget the one night we were, when she wasn't feeling good, we were going to go get her tested. We were thinking about going directly to the hospital to get her checked out being pregnant and whatnot. And the doctor on the phone said, you know, just get tested, do what you got to do. Go back home, stay hydrated and just take care of yourself. So we uh, heeded the doctor's advice and she got tested. It Tur- turned out she was COVID positive. So we went back home. Her fever broke. And that week she she was feeling better, but she was feeling our baby. His name is Maxwell Seraphim. Janazak. and um, she started feeling him move less and less. And then finally, that Friday, she decided it was time to go to the hospital because she wasn't feeling him move at all. So we went to the hospital, and I couldn't go up with her initially to the room when she went to get checked out. So she went up on her own, um, sitting in the car, not really knowing what to do with myself. And then I got the phone call that, that nobody ever wants to receive. And we were, I was, she told me that they, there was no, there was no heartbeat. So the doctors came down and despite COVID having had COVID and all that, we were really grateful that, you know, the doctors were able to were willing to bring me up to be with her. So I, you know, came in and saw her and it was a deep sense of helplessness and I guess loneliness in a way where we I came into the room with her and we just sat there beside each other hugging each other and not knowing what to do cuz we just lost our baby and so she uh ended up in the hospital we went in on Friday and we were there Friday night, Saturday night, and then she ended up having to get transferred on Sunday because while she was at the hospital, they found that her blood platelets had dropped extremely low. The doctor said her platelets should be, a normal platelet level is between like 250,000 and 400,000, and hers was down to like 13,000. So they were concerned about the possibility of her maybe bleeding out either if she gave birth naturally or if they had to do a C-section. So she ended up having to, she ended up not being able to give birth until the following Monday. But before that she had to be transferred. So we live in New Jersey and we're in Northern New Jersey, probably about half an hour outside of New York city. So she ended up having to get transferred to a hospital in New York city. So with the COVID situation, we called, or I called the hospital to see what the situation was as far as me being able to go with her due to COVID and whatnot, I wasn't able to go with her to the hospital in New York city. Thankfully, her parents came up from Delaware to be with us and her mom went with her, but it not only was, it was, it was one of the most trying times because not only did we lose our baby, I also face the reality of my wife, you know, something happening to her as well because of the fact that her platelets were so low and her situation like that. So I had to say goodbye to her in the ambulance, not knowing if I was going to see her again. That's pretty much what ran through my head when I said goodbye to her before she went over to Mount Sinai hospital in New York city. So she ended up getting transferred and then I had to come back home by myself and I didn't have anyone at the house here. Um, uh, so I came home and I was just in my own head for days, not having anyone to really talk to, having, you know, I have a, a dog and three cats. So that's all the company I had in my house when I came home after just saying goodbye to my wife, after having just lost my son. So the she went to the hospital on Sunday and then Monday evening, I'm Downstairs in my basement, I like to work out a lot. So I'm downstairs in the basement running on the treadmill or walking or whatever. And I get a FaceTime call and I, that was how I met my son when he was born. I met him over FaceTime and it was just a surreal, horrible experience. And, uh, I do have to say though that throughout this experience, I have seen signs actually I'll speak about that after I get to finish up this part. But, um, my, uh, so my wife, she gave birth Monday night and then she didn't get to come home until Wednesday because of her situation with her blood counts and whatnot. And Wednesday, December 22nd, when she came home was her birthday to top it all off. So it was just one thing after another, you know, the holidays, Hanukkah, Christmas, uh, her birthday, everything. And then going through this situation just made all of that, like December is supposed to be a, a happy month and you're supposed to, it's supposed to be joyous and family time and, and whatnot. And it was just nothing but horrible things and just sadness. So uh she came home. Thank God. She, she was okay. She came around and everything was okay for her. So, and then um basically that, trying to put it all together here uh December 22nd she came home so basically we I did have a chance to meet my son the funeral home where he where they had him they allowed my wife and I to go in and spend as much time as we wanted to with our son Max which was I am extremely grateful for because had I not had the chance to actually see him and be in his presence I really don't know what I would do with myself at this point. So I did get a chance to see my son. And then the day after that, we had his funeral and, uh, you know, I, I, uh, carried his casket, his tiny little box that he was in and laid him to rest. So so that was his funeral. And then, uh, this is where I was speaking to the signs that I've seen. Um, I truly believe in when you see certain things, I believe in signs. I believe all those types of those types of things. And when we came home from his funeral, we had flowers that people had sent us. And there was a lily amongst one of the flowers on the table we have that was closed when we left for his funeral. And it was open when we came home. And then to top it off, there was a hawk sitting on the railing of our deck. And you don't typically see hawks in New Jersey all that often. I mean, they're around, but we're in more of like a, you know, a more built up area, like a suburban, almost kind of urban area. So you don't really see a whole lot of hawks flying around here. So seeing a hawk right right on a railing, after seeing the flower open up and whatnot, it just it hit me so deep and I really, it kind of gave me a almost an odd sense of calm and peace because it was like he was watching over me. You know, he is, I truly believe to this day, he's constantly watching over me. I always see, uh, I don't know, maybe you see robins a lot, but there was also something that I think my wife read about robins are supposed to signify that your loved ones are watching over you too. And when I'm in the basement, sometimes, you know, running or whatever, I'll look out the window and there'll be a Robin just sitting there for no reason. So I, I've i embraced a lot of the signs. And another sign that I saw was, I believe that I saw was uh when I came home and I was by myself for those few days, I would go on YouTube and look up spiritual type of videos and things. And I would do this quite often. And I just happened upon a video or a message about the story of Abraham and Sarah. Right after losing our baby, that message just came across my YouTube and If you guys don't know the story of Abraham and Sarah, it's, uh, basically they had trouble getting pregnant. I believe, Uh, don't quote me on it, but I believe she was 99 or he, something like that when they ended up finally having a baby. And to me, that having heard that message and then seen those signs and whatnot, it just, it kept me from becoming angry. My wife, like we grieve in different ways. Grief is not linear. You can go into many different directions with your grief my wife has been more angry and I guess I've been more sad and at the same time, I'm sad. I also try to look at it. Like I want to honor my son. I want to try and I want his legacy to live on. I want, I enjoy talking about him and I almost feel like I've got to the point where I want to become an advocate so that people understand what others go through when they, encounter when they experience these types of losses. So, and in doing that, um I actually started my own little, um, I guess, campaign or journey where our sons, oh, actually, I'll go back to how we found his middle name. So his first name, Max, is for my wife's grandfather. And then we didn't have a name for our son when we were in the hospital. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know, we look at each other, we're like, oh, we have to, we have to figure out a name. So I'm going online. My wife is Jewish and I'm, I'm Christian. So our children will be raised Jewish. So I was looking for a Hebrew, Hebrew boy names and I happened upon the name Seraphim and it said on the website that it meant fiery. And I was like, oh, that's really cool because I actually had a chance to feel him kick when he was in her belly. So we picked the name Seraphim and then at his funeral, our rabbi, who presided over the funeral, she actually said that seraphim doesn't just mean fiery. It means fiery angel. And then I actually did my own little research as well. And I was able to find that in the book of Isaiah in the Bible, it, there is actually direct reference to the seraphim angels, which they, I believe they said are sixth wing fiery angels, I think. So it, it hit me. So, so many aspects of everything I've been through. have just, Truly changed my life, so I started my own campaign called "Inspired by Fire." And I'd always thought about there was this uh, back in, oh, when was it? Uh, I think it was the ESPY Awards. There was a, a young, ch- young guy on there. I think he had Down syndrome, and he had a motto saying "1% better every day." So that motto was kind of stuck in the back of my mind sometimes. And it was kind of like I didn't really have the motivation or the fire, or I didn't know my why until I lost my son. And my, having lost my son, has my son has become my why. And he has inspired me to start the journey that I call Inspired by Fire. So the day after his due date, I started tracking my campaign. And I'm now, today when I work out later, it'll be 64 days in a row, I think it is, that I've been on my journey to be 1% better Every day for him, whether it be running, working out, lifting weights, doing whatever it is, I'm doing whatever I can to better myself, to honor my son. And I document it on my, uh, I have a little TikTok channel and I document it on my TikTok channel, just one, one minute videos every single day. And it's, I try to do inspirational type of messages to try to reach out to others who may be going through these types of trying times to realize that, you know, there is light at the end of the tunnel and you can, you can get through it. And uh, there's another message that I've come across that says uh, it's, it's, it says you, you, you grow through what you go through. And I truly believe that I'm growing through what I've been through and I'm becoming better for my son and, uh, you know, I live every day to, in his honor and try to be 1% better every day for my son, for my wife and I, our son Max. So that's pretty much my story in a nutshell. And, uh, you know, I, every day I just continue, continue plugging away.
1: First off, that's really incredible because number one, it takes a lot of power for guys to really start overcoming this because yeah. When we talk about the loss of a child, specifically having you know that that trauma in there it's not easy to talk about it. it's not even to get over it. so the yeah. fact that you found your way of yeah. you know doing something one minute a day for inspiration to get stronger to do something for that is 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 inspiring really yeah. truly is,
0: yeah, and it's yeah, I mean, I guess I used to look at you know people always say what's your why, what's your why and before going through this, I would like, I didn't know what my why was. I had no idea. Like I would, you know, I was motivated. I feel like, and motivation comes and goes and like for a little while you're really pumped and you're really let's do it. Let's, let's get going. And then it kind of fades. But now that I feel like, you know, I found my why it's not going away. And I actually have, um, I actually went and got tattoos for, for him too. It can, sh- I have you on video here, so I can show you on the video. I have his footprints on my arm. And then I got the hawk and I got a flower all in tribute of him from, uh, as all part of, part of my story. So.
1: How did you get his footprints on your arm? Did you take, you know, did they take his footprints in the hospital and then you took that to a tattoo artist? How how did you do that? Cause I hear that a lot that people want to put, you know, footprints or different
0: remembrances on them. How'd that come about? So they did, they did do his footprints in the hospital. So I was able to take his footprints to uh, with me to the tattoo artist, and they were able to stencil them onto my arm, and then do the stencil. That's how they kind of how they put them on there. Wow. So, yep. So. But uh, yeah, so it's just I like it because, and my wife even said to me, "I have it on my forearm." So she had said to me, "You know, are you sure you want to put it on your forearm? You know, it's visible. Like it's not something that's like on your chest or your back." Backwards, you can cover it if you need to. And I said to her, you know, I want it to be there. I, I look at, I want to be able to look down at it every single day and see it and see his footprints and think about him constantly. Cause you know, and I've struggled with this too, that as time goes on, you know, life goes on and you, things end up further and further in the past and you never, you never really, you, you never forget, but you kind of don't think about it as often. And I have no, we're five months out now. And, you know, life gets crazy and you don't really think about your loss all the time, but I wanted to have it right there front and center. So I never, I always think about it every single day.
1: You have to, and that's something yeah. that's not going to go away. You know, you, you it's, you're going to think about it every day. If you got it every year, every birthday, yep. Yep. And, and that's what people really need to understand that, when you suffer a loss that you're not alone, you're going to think about it all the time. And that's okay. It's okay to cry. It's okay to talk about it. It's okay to share stories and that'll help you become stronger. Yep. I want to go back to a second, like in, in in your story, when your wife was being transferred to a different hospital, you thought you were going to lose her. How did you have the energy, the compassion? I mean, you came home, you have cats and dogs. So how how did you deal with that? I mean, it sounds like you didn't really go into a a depression funk like a lot of guys do, or how did you deal with that? I mean, was it therapists that were able to help you get through this or was it really the working out? What what was Uh, going through your mind the whole time?
0: Honestly, I feel like my faith, my faith, you know, I, My faith is, is, it means a lot to me. Uh, Like I said, I'm, you know, I'm Christian. So, you know, I've always, I'm not perfect. I don't think I know none of us are perfect, but I try to listen to messages and just believe that, you know, better, better days will come and kind of, I guess it's hard to explain. Like, like I said, I, you know, searched around on YouTube to listen to different things and happened upon that one particular message. And it really kind of spoke to me. And I think sometimes just, Seeking out those messages, for me at least, definitely helped me to kind of keep my, keep my head on straight.
1: So faith really does play an important, you know, an important role, especially. I mean, people like to say you gotta believe everything happens in life for a reason.
0: Oh yes, yeah. so I've tackled that. And I think I even brought that up to my wife and she's like, there's no reason that this occurred. And I like, I don't believe there was a reason for this. I really, I, I don't know what to make of that type of um, analogy, I guess. But at the same time, I struggle with the idea that would I be who I am today had I not gone through that loss? It's a true statement. So it's it's, it's real deep. Like I, 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 those thoughts, I, I don't even know what to make of some of those types of thoughts because I'm doing, putting myself in such a better place now. But would I be where I, like, I actually gave up you know, we all like to drink sometimes and I don't, by no means was I like drinking like an alcoholic or anything crazy like that, but I, I could have cut back a little. So I said to myself, I'm really going to clean my, clean myself up. So I, during Lent, I actually gave up alcohol completely. So I stopped drinking any alcohol. I, um, you know, got on my exercise. I started exercising every single day and I pretty much transformed myself. In honor of him. And I think what I have done, all those things had I not gone through that. So, wow. Did you yeah. ever have the
1: guilt aspect? You know, obviously, a loss is difficult. Still, having a stillborn is extremely, extremely difficult. And I can't even imagine. Obviously, the statistics say that one in 160 births ended in a stillbirth. So, yeah. I personally I haven't had one, but I've been, you know, through the miscarriage. But it's very similar in a sense that there's that guilt factor. Yes. Did you have the guilt factor of what did I do to cause this? You know, was it something
0: I gave her to eat? Was it something we did? Was it stress? Like mean, what um, caused it? The fact that we got COVID definitely played a role, I feel like, because you know, I, I wouldn't say I have, I don't think I've been holding my feelings so much guilty, but looking back at what we could have done differently. And my wife, this is something my wife has been struggling with a lot. You know, we both ended up with COVID and the doctors think COVID might have contributed to us losing him, but they don't, nothing they've told us is hundred percent. They don't know for sure why, why we lost him. But we look at it back and we're like, well, what if I didn't go to that one gathering at the office? Like, what if I didn't go to that office party for Thanksgiving? Or what if she did this? Or we did, what if we put a mask on here or did this or did that? And we both chose, we chose uh, to forego the vaccine for now. And so we looked at, we thought to ourselves, well, what if we ended up getting vaccinated? But there's plenty of vaccinated people that ended up losing their babies too. So we did play that mind game of, you know, what if we did this differently or that differently? That, that's definitely, definitely there.
1: And that what if comes up a lot, you know, there's so yeah. many different ways in this situation of what if I did this? What if I did that? But you really can't second guess yourself on it because yeah. it's nothing you did. It's nothing that she did. You know, it just happens. It's yeah. not, it's out of our control as they say.
0: Yeah. And I, I, I told my wife, like, she doesn't like, she doesn't like when I say this too much, but I guess in my mind, I'm more like, I look at things more literally. And I kind of said to her that, you know, while we can think about what we might have done differently, you know, dwelling on it isn't going to bring him back. Yes. It, it's, it's a way, to me, it's wasted energy to, to, sorry, I don't know if you hear my dog barking in the background, <laughs> but, um, all good. But there's, uh, you know, to me, like I said, it's, I feel like it's wasted energy to dwell on those things that we could have done differently because, uh, the fact is we, we lost him and that's not going to bring him back. And I'd rather put my energy into more positive things, to be honest.
1: Yes, I'm with you on that. Positive energy is so key because without yep. that, you can go down a dark, deep hole and you exactly. got to have that positive, positive energy. Yep. What would be your advice or your top tips to other guys going through the exact same situation, having, you know, a stillborn? What, what would you, what would you tell them?
0: First thing that comes to mind is to be open to the signs. And I don't know, I know everyone, not everybody's, you know, I guess open like that or into even into that type of thing. And I, I don't even know if I was really per se, but seeing, I feel like experiencing what I did after coming home from his funeral, you know, it it hit me so profoundly that I got, Fly, I got the flower and the hawk tattooed on my arm now, along with his footprints. So I, I feel like being open to the signs. And, uh, you know, to me also, the exercising and taking care of yourself, I really feel like that is key also to keep your mind right, because the more as I started running every day and as I started working out more consistently, you, you have a total, totally different mindset. And that's, to me, that's the best for personally, that was the best path I could take to help get through a lot of this.
1: That's really good advice, Steven, or Steve, as you said, Mm -hmm. thank you so much for coming on the show and and inspiring others, you know, going through this journey. It is a struggle, but remember guys, you're not alone. One in four pregnancies end in a miscarriage. One in a couple struggle with infertility. One in 160 births end in a stillbirth. And one in a thousand babies die of SIDS and infant loss, you know, over the years. So just stay strong, be hopeful. And remember, talk about it. Talking about these issues will help you get through. And we're here to help you. We're here to connect you with other guys who've gone through it. And just remember positive vibes. Keep, keep going. Keep plugging every day. Positive energy will help you stay strong.
0: You've just listened to another great episode of men talk daniel landau if you've suffered from miscarriage infertility stillbirth or infant loss and want to open up about it reach out we'd love to have you on the show you can also join our facebook group or if you'd like to get involved and start a chapter in your neighborhood visit our website www.menshelpline.org today until next week stay strong and remember you're not alone